Welcome to Swimming Upstream, the 10-minute podcast about Catholicism, technology, culture, baseball, whatever else might come up. I'm your host, Eric Sammons. This is episode number 24. On today's show, I'm going to be discussing uh, six rules for good government from the world of Narnia. It's an article I wrote recently for The Federalist, and I'll put it up at the show notes page at ericsammons.com slash podcast slash 24. So I was recently reading the Lion, Witch, and Order to my young children. I've read the book myself probably about 400 times, I feel like, because I've read it to all my kids. I read it myself when I was a kid. And, of course, it's a great book um, with a great message. It's a very explicit uh, Christian allegory. And so it has a lot of great points to it. However, I noticed something at the end of the, near the end of the book when the Lucy and Peter and Edmund and Susan are now kings and queens of Narnia and they're ruling. It has a line in there during this golden age of Narnia where it says, talking about the uh, Pevensies in their leadership, it says, and they made good laws and kept the peace and saved good trees from being unnecessarily cut down and liberated young dwarves and young satyrs from being sent to school, and generally stopped busybodies and interferers and encouraged ordinary people who wanted to live and let live. When I read that, it really struck me, it, like it hadn't struck me in the past. It struck me how different that is, how radically different that is, that idealized government, idealized rule, from what we think of today as good government. We really have the opposite impression of what good government is. Most people do. And so I wanted to break that down a little bit here. I did it in the article, but I want to do it here in this podcast for those who don't feel like reading the full article, but I encourage you to do so. I want to go through what, what he says, but I'm going to go through it backwards. The last thing is they stop busybodies and interferers and encourage ordinary people who want to live and let live. My goodness. I mean, government is the purview of busybodies today. Basically, if you want to drink too much soda, they tell you, you you can't. If you want to own a gun, they tell you you can't. If you want to do, if you don't want to bake a cake for a homosexual couple, they tell you you can't. We just overrun by busybodies. And it's all supposedly for our own good. And it, it really is just a frustrating thing. But you see Lewis, C.S. Lewis, when he wrote uh, Chronicles of Narnia, he sees good government as one that doesn't involve busybodies. Basically, they encourage people who want to live and let live. This idea of live and let live, we have such a hard time with today. Basically, what we think is, oh, you're not doing the way I want you to, so I'm going to force you to do it my way. And that's a little bit different from the Christian idea. The Christian idea is we do have, we do believe there's a certain way that people should live. There's a certain way that's the best way to live. And we encourage people to do that. And we witness it and we, we share how to do that with others. But what we don't do is we don't force it upon others. We don't force it in law in the sense of, okay, you have to do all these things. Now, of course, law is there for a reason. And I'll talk about that a little bit later. But in general... Rulers should not micromanage their subjects. They should let them live and let live. That means they'll make mistakes sometimes. That means they'll do things that aren't that great sometimes for themselves. But we should just let them go ahead and do that. The second thing it says is they liberated young dwarves and young satyrs from being sent to school. Boy, talk about a radical statement today. The idea of compulsory education is embedded in our minds from our compulsory education system. 
yet really school is not the, the traditional classroom school where you get a bunch of people the exact same age stuck in a room together for eight hours a day for about 10 months out of the year. First of all, that's not natural. Second of all, that's not the way it's always been. There are many different things that people can do in life, and there's different types of schooling for them. There's vocational training. There's uh, art school. There is traditional classroom for some, some subjects. There's different ways that people can be educated and different reasons to be educated. And really, I think it's best if the government kind of stays out of that. Let each family decide and even each community decide what they're going to offer and what people are allowed to do. If somebody wants to engage in unschooling, I may not support that for my own kids, but I no reason why they can't do that. If somebody wants to focus their children on an apprenticeship, like maybe they're some type of a carpenter or some type of hands-on career like that, and they want their child to do that, that's great. Let them do that. Really, the, the family should be free to school their kids however they want to. They shouldn't have to be forced to learn, basically be brainwashed at the local uh, government school, but instead be able to school the way they want to. And you can see Lewis agrees with that in his statement of Narnia, that school wasn't forced on people. Okay, the next one is, they save good trees from being unnecessarily cut down. This one kind of stands out from the other ones. It doesn't seem to match up with the other ones. But I think it does. On the surface, it doesn't look like it, but I do, I do think it does. First of all, it's not extreme environmentalism because it says they save good trees from being unnecessarily cut down. Remember, in Narnia, trees are sentient on some level. There's good trees and bad trees, and they're even having good trees are being cut down sometimes when it's necessary. So this isn't some idea that you can't touch nature. Instead, I think what it's saying is government isn't its existence isn't to prime the engine of industry. It's not there to basically support uh, capital, uh, crony capitalism, I should say, where basically if a company is on down on their lockers with that, that they, they prop them up because we have to keep the, the uh, industry going. I think instead what there should be, there should be a balance that people are, man is over nature, but... Man shouldn't exploit nature and have the government help them exploit nature as much as possible. Instead, we should only be using nature as it's necessary, instead of unnecessary, as it's necessary to further our own lives. Okay, the next one is they kept the peace. Really, this is, uh, seems very obvious, but it's not today. Most people think of government today as a provider of goods and services. You want your health care. You want your birth control. You want your housing. You want your schooling. You want your cell phones. You want whatever it might you is you want, the government should provide to you. And if you don't get it, you demand it from the government. I mean, now there's a push to have broadband, something the government provides to everybody as a right. But really, that's not the purpose of the government. The government is there. It's supposed to create an environment in which people can flourish. That's really its, its purpose. It allows people to flourish on their own as they decide to. They're not, they're not basically um, provided for by a nanny state and, and look to them for anything they need. Instead, they should be responsible for their needs but also help others with their needs. But they can only do this in a situation in which there is some order in the uh, society. So there should be peace. In other words, you, the government will prevent people from assaulting others, from fr uh, fraudulent dealings and things of that nature. 
Uh, okay, next one. They make good laws. Okay, so Lewis is not an anarchist, and neither am I. Some people in, in my in, in libertarian type circles have gone all the way to anarchism. Uh, boy, I can't anarchy. The idea of um, that there is no government, and I don't I don't subscribe to that. I do think there should be laws, but there should be good. They make good laws. Basically, these good laws should prevent. Uh, they should protect life. They should protect property. So there should be laws against assaulting people, killing people, even people in the womb. They should be, there should be laws against um, attacking somebody else's property, stealing property from another, things like that, fraudulent dealings. But there shouldn't be a billion and one laws. There really shouldn't be that many laws. In a sense, a good government is kind of like a good umpire. You shouldn't notice him if he's doing a good job. We shouldn't notice the government. And boy, do we notice the government now. They're in every part of our lives, when really they should not be in every part of our lives. They should just basically make the playing field such that people can succeed, that they're not going to be cheated or they're not going to be assaulted or anything like that. Okay, so that's basically what he's... The, the, the line that I use to, to create to, to think up these different ways that there's good government. But there's another point I want to make that he doesn't say explicitly in this line, but it really permeates the ethos of the entire book, and that is good government requires good people. And this is where I part from modern day, many modern day libertarians. You know, I, have a, a, I, I basically have a libertarian outlook towards the federal government especially, and even most governments. I don't really like always be associated with libertarians because I think many of them forget this, that the truth is we need good people in order to have a smooth-running government, a smooth-running society, meaning people don't try to assault others. People aren't desiring to cheat others. Now, of course, you can't enforce that. You can't make that something... Uh, you, you know, the whole point of law is the fact that some people don't always abide by that. But the fact is we do need good people. And in, in Narnia, how is that done? Everybody follows Aslan. Everybody submits to Aslan voluntarily. And, of course, we know who Aslan represents in our world. And so I would say, really, until we have a people that voluntarily submits themselves to a greater power, i.e., Jesus Christ— I think we're not really going to have a great government because what happens, it's, it's a cycle because as people aren't good, the government needs to make more laws. As more laws are made, then people are going to feel more oppressed by it and less likely to follow those laws. And so it, we have to instead break from that cycle, be a good people that doesn't need a whole bunch of laws, and then the government doesn't need to enforce and create so many laws and be busybodies in our lives. Okay, well, that's it for today's episode. Uh, until next time, keep swimming against the stream.